You're listening to episode two of How Are We Not Invited? This week, Rebecca and I have an impromptu quarantine double date over Zoom. We complain about our boyfriends right to their faces and talk relationship pet peeves. Then we let our inner theater kids come to life while we chat all things Hamilton. Oh, and stay tuned to find out how I made $6,000. We might have spent our holiday weekend at home, but still, how are we not invited? Rolling out now for an epic night. Dressed to the nines, all stars in sight. But to their fright, they can't get inside. Not on the guest list, we'll check it twice. Can't get in. Rev's anger ignited. MK's heart stop, can't revive it. Bouncer saying, hey, let's not get excited. They yell back, how are we not invited? Hi, Mary-Kate. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of How Are We Not Invited? We're so happy to have you back. Yes, this is awesome. This was a really unique week for us. We weren't initially going to be putting out an episode, and then we did a little impromptu uh, quarantine date, like I mentioned in the intro. It was, like, really fun. I know. I was sitting around my apartment on 4th of July. It was Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Saturday. Hope everyone had a good weekend and enjoyed it the best they could. Um, Jesse and I decided we were going to watch Hamilton. Did it release on 4th of July? It released on the 3rd, I think. And okay. then I saw a stat today that was said that 70 Disney Plus had 74% increase in subscribers just due to Hamilton. So everybody uh, was doing yes. what we were doing this weekend. I've spoken to a couple people that told me they only um, subscribe to Disney Plus because of that. And I was like, man, that's a smart move, but they're going to have to put something else out good to keep everyone from, you know. Oh, yeah. Subscriber retention. That's yep. one of my, like, big business school topics. Oh, ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I told Mary-Kate just with our usual gabbing on text that we were going to watch Hamilton, and she said that they were doing the same thing. And then she was like, oh my God, we should have a double Zoom date and chat about Hamilton because it's such an exciting musical and there's so much talk around it, so much hype. Yeah. And um, and I have like a crazy story that goes along yes. with seeing it. Spoiler alert, I've seen it twice live and then also now on Disney+. Plus. But Rebecca hasn't seen it before until this. So yes. it was very cool. So we have a lot, we had a lot to say about it. We had a really really fun evening drinking and laughing and talking about relationships and Hamilton and we're really excited for you guys to listen to it so we're just gonna dive right in and and play it for you yeah even if you don't love musicals I think you'll still get a kick out of this episode and I think you should love musicals but that's just my personal <laughs> opinion um, you'll hear what yeah. I have to say about it if you don't like musicals and you're gonna get it, all perspectives yes and if you um, have an annoying boyfriend, then you might also enjoy this episode. Yeah, this is like a very like couples who quarantine type episode. Yeah. So couples we hope in you quarantine? Enjoy. Couples who quarantine? We don't yeah. really have a choice. So. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> We're stuck here. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to our Hamilton conversation. Did I sound like I was in Hamilton when I was like, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the moment you were ready for. <laughs> yes. 
for reference, I'm a huge musical theater geek. Nick, his college major was theater. It Jesse's was? a professional actor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, dramatic studies with a minor in philosophy and the arts. You're kidding me. I had no idea. No, okay, and serious. Rebecca is just here. <laughs> I, so that was what I was going to ask. Rebecca <laughs> likes music. And Rebecca likes Drake Rebecca likes and um, stories. Music I stories. loved La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that counts. Hey, speaking okay, of Jesse, so, Jesse was trying to ask me yesterday if I've ever been to any musicals, and I truly don't think I ever have. I couldn't remember. Really? You missing out. Musicals are amazing. I know. You know. The greatest thing on Broadway I've seen in the past 10 years is a full cast rendition of Cheeseburger in Paradise in uh, Escape to Margaritaville. We did see Escape to Margaritaville, and it was awesome. <laughs> I love Jimmy Buffett, so. <laughs> get it. Yeah, I love a margarita, too. Uh, Jesse's going to get real passionate when we start talking about Hamilton, so. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm that- not sure that I'm a great. Do you think I'm a bad upstairs neighbor, honey? Uh, when you want to, when you want to shout show tunes at like three in the morning okay. after drinking like a fish. All right. Another wrong with that. Oh my What's God. your go-to? What's your go-to? That's so cute. I think at that moment I was trying to sing Hairspray. So we were on a video call with Nick's friends and I got really drunk, really, really drunk. And I don't remember what I was drinking, but I got so drunk and I drink. had probably, I had a bag of like a multi-pack bag of snack, um, like baked chips and popcorn and stuff yeah. like that. I'm looking right at the computer because we're all playing Jackbox. And I turn and I keep hearing this sound. <laughs> over and over again. This one was throwing popcorn and chips. Well, I was right not throwing chips like you just did. Why were you doing that? I felt like it, I don't know. <laughs> I have no explanation, but he was like, stop throwing chips. They're going to break and you're going to be upset tomorrow. And I was like, I'm not throwing chips. I'm throwing popcorn. That doesn't break. And I just kept throwing it. I have no idea what like urge was happening. And then popcorn. It was at the beginning of quarantine. So like things were rough. And then I left the friends to sit on the couch, which you can literally see. Like, I don't know why I thought I was like by myself, but I went and sat on my couch that's over here and tuned into like a live. So my favorite, favorite, favorite bar in New York City is Marie's Crisis. And it's this little dive in the village and it's a show tunes bar. So they have like one piano player and the whole place sings along. So like that's the shtick of it. It's not like karaoke where like one person singing, like the whole bar is yeah. My favorite place. And at the beginning of quarantine, they may still be doing it, but they would do live Facebook um Facebook lives of their piano players playing in their own apartment. (laughs) I walk away from this phone, from this video chat with his friends and go and sit on the couch and start singing Cinderella in my own little corner, in my own little chair. And she, and you could turn and you could see her in her own corner, (laughs) in her own little chair. Yeah. And then Nick got off of the phone and I was like, on another level at this point <laughs> um, and it was <gasps> level up really bad day the next day um, 
Yeah, your story. <laughs> and Nick was like, you have to go to bed. Or no, I think I probably, I think you probably said to me like, are you going to bed? And I was like, yeah. And <laughs> then I proceeded to not go to bed. And I had like, I was trying to connect the Bluetooth speaker. And I was like singing Hairspray, Mom, welcome to the 60s. <laughs> like very loud, very loud. And Nick kept being like, Okay, and I kept being like, you have to put this on for me. And I did it. You know, I, I didn't oppose. I didn't oppose to the singing. It didn't feel like it at the time that you weren't opposing, though. I thought he was, like, trying to say no because he kept saying, like, you have to be more quiet. It's late. You have neighbors. And I was like, you're shushing me. Stop trying to shush me. I was like, it was bad. It was bad. And I'm, like, yelling, and I record. I recorded an Instagram and thank God I thought I was going to post it. I remember thinking I'm going to post this on my like close friends only. Yeah. Um, and I thank God I didn't post it because it was me wasted going, <laughs> Nick won't let me sing. He's trying to shush me. And then he's like, Marigate, you're screaming. And I go, what are you, the town from Footloose? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Nick, you're such a drag. How I know. You oh, the fuck out of me. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, like it was very clear looking back on it the next day that like he actually was playing all the songs that I wanted him to play. I just like he was just telling me to do it quieter, and I was not interested in doing it quietly. Right. How dare and you? So then I, okay, here's where he really went wrong, though. Okay. He made himself a pizza bagel. And he did not make me a pizza bagel. Ooh. I thought she was going to I thought she was going to bed. I'd be really oh. pissed at Jesse for doing that. I was so Man. mad. I was cranky the other morning and I was like pissed about something on GarageBand and I was like, I can't figure this out. Ah. And I hadn't eaten and he got so offended at my attitude and I was like, I was hungry. Like if you had yep. offered no. me some food. She's confusing stories now. This was her yelling and screaming at me. <laughs> yelling at I'm sitting here playing some PlayStation, minding my own business while I she's editing. I was like, editing. why are you helping me? And then she's me? yelling at me out of nowhere. I'm like, what is happening? I was so hungry. I was like, you didn't even ask me. Like, you just, but I was hungry. You don't, we shouldn't have to ask. How am I supposed to know you need help? That's what I said. Also, he should be paying attention to like, like women are so easy. Like we're like babies. It's like, we just need sleep and food. That's it. And okay. sex. That's it. Those zero percent. Zero percent. Because th <laughs> this example that you're using nullifies all of that. Because you had everything you needed, and then all of a sudden I you're didn't yelling have food. at. Food. I yelling. didn't have sex, and I probably was tired. It's not all. Of it. Listen. <laughs> Whatever. But I was so cranky, and I was like, why aren't you helping me with this? I was like, I don't know how to do this, and you're not helping me, and I need help. She started yelling, at me, and then it took me two seconds to look it up, and I was like, here's your answer. And I was like, oh, She's okay, like, oh, thanks. That's all we need. Yeah. What the I, fuck Jekyll and Hyde shit is this? Jesse, dude. But I, Harry Kate. It came out of nowhere. I was ambushed. I'm like on the mic with my brother. He's laughing hysterically. <laughs> He's like, ha, 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 you fucked up. Give, hand me food. It's not that hard. Like, oh, babe, oh, it's 10 a.m. and you haven't yeah, eaten yet? Right. Have a, eat this. Honestly, oh, you're right. you're so right. many times I'll be just... making breakfast and I'll say, 
do you want one? Like I'm making a breakfast sandwich. You want one? And I give you the option. All we're asking for is the option. Yes. Like, but here's here. I wasn't making anything. <laughs> I was not anywhere near anything. There was nothing happening. It's like having an infant. It's like, oh, Rebecca hasn't had breakfast yet. Wait, are She's going to get like, cranky. Are you telling me that let you're like having make, an infant? Let me make sure yes, that I just want to know she has food. We oh, need Rebecca. To, like, change your diaper, babe. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what? No, here's the thing. It's that it makes us feel thought of and like when you anticipate our needs, it makes us feel good. Angel. Without us having and to And I feel act. like we anticipate Angel. their needs all the time. All the time. I've never done anything nice for Rebecca. I just want everyone to know that. I bet. <laughs> Nor should you. Yeah. No. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we just met. Back to the main point. The fact yeah. that the you point? made what a pizza the- bagel and Mary-Kate was drunk, exactly. and you didn't make her one, okay. is like... Faux pas. That is a faux pas. Your needs that should have been met. Time out. I was so fucked up. I Time. needed the food. Time yeah. Out. That I'm, is, like, I am... wrong on all levels. Filibuster. All right. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So, I did my love of loves. I <laughs> anticipated your need. I said, are you going to bed? And you said yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's such no. Bagel, and I got mad, and so I went outside onto the patio, and he said, "I thought you were going to bed," and I said, "I'm not going to bed. I'm outside." And I was like winter. Yeah, it was like so cold out. Oh my god, I I love that you did that. I would have done the same thing. I would have stormed out, slammed the door. Yeah, you do that all the time. Just slam the bathroom, slam the door. (laughs) Comes out of the bathroom, slams the bedroom door, but the bedroom door doesn't close. She's got to like slam it a couple times. (laughs) Then the dog comes up and is like, "What the fuck is going on?" She's like, "Oh hey, angel face, baby butt, blah blah." Then he says. Will you come inside? It's cold. It's wet outside. And I was like, I don't care. And then I was sitting out there and I was literally shaking cold. And I was like, well, I'm coming inside, but not because you told me to. Yes. Because I want to. Exactly. Yeah. I, Nick, I mean. I'm, I'm fine with that. I just wanted her to come inside because it was very cold. <laughs> that story is literally uh, like the epitome of a like, couple year relationship. Like, yep. it's down, it like literally made me think of like all the fights Jesse and I have, like the petty fights are like that. Yep. Like, and it always has to do with food or like being hungry or tired. So, Nick, you'll never not make Mary Kate a pizza. Just always make two. Again. No, absolutely not. I, trust me, I, I, eaten, I ate that loss like I did that pizza bagel. It was no, see, but I'll like make extra food and I'll get yelled at. Hmm. No, I would never. Right? I would oh, never. No, get no, no, no. He's like, see. Yeah, here we go. No, hem and haw it out. He <laughs> makes. Like, I get mad when he wastes food, so <laughs> he'll make like too much food, and I'll be like, "Babe, that's way too much food. Like, we're not gonna eat all that." And then we throw out like so much food, and I hate wasting yeah. food. It's such a pet peeve. That's what he's talking about. He's not he saying like <laughs> he makes too much. It's like no, I eat. A lot of food all the time, but like I made these fucking ramen noodles the other day that are so spicy that I'm like I cry when I eat them. And she's like, "Why didn't you make me any?" 
You can't eat these, Rebecca. <laughs> you had a bite one time and said, never make me those. But now you're going to yell at me for not making noodles. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, he, should have, like, he should have like wiped the spice off for me. Got a fucking magic No more spice. Now it's sweet. Well, no, then you get a second pack of normal. I'm not, I'm not going to the store at 2 a.m. drunk, driving to the fucking Super King to get weird Korean food I found on sale that I can't even read. I don't know how to get the unspicy ones because I can't read the package. All right, let's chat Hamilton. Okay. Um, Rebecca, I want to know what your initial thoughts were because you haven't seen it. Have you listened to any of the music? Like, have you heard any of it? No. Nothing. Okay. So I remember when Hamilton was came to L.A. because Jesse, this was like, what, three years ago now? 2017. So, yes. yeah. So I was working at Paramount and I remember being on the computer like searching for tickets because he mm -hmm. wanted to see it so bad and I was like I don't know what this is but Jesse wants to see it and it would have been at the Pantages Theater, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like looking for tickets and they were so expensive. They were like mm -hmm. through the roof expensive. So that's like what I remember of like when Hamilton came to town and like no like kind of knowing what it was and then I forgot about it. And I said to him I was like I'm not going to like this maybe I shouldn't watch this, like, or do you care if I, like, walk away? Like, I already anticipated, like, I'm going to get bored. I don't follow musicals well. I don't do well when, like, I have to follow when someone's singing. I can't hear. Like, I have trouble for some reason with, like, following a story when it's being sung. Okay. And I this is all, there's no dialogue. So. Right. So I was, yeah, like, already, like, assuming the worst like I was like forget it I'm gonna just not be able to follow it I feel bad he's so excited about it and I'm gonna like totally be sitting here and it's like what two and a half hours or something I was like oh my god and truthfully the music is very catchy I really mm -hmm. liked I loved all the characters and I like I kind of like decided after maybe like 10 minutes I was like oh this is like actually really cool and okay. I started to be able to follow it and I got like really invested into the drama with the wife and him and the affair yeah. and everything. Like I was like, Oh, she found out like, Oh shit. You know, like I was like, <laughs> but anyway, all said and done. Um, I really enjoyed it and I was shocked. And Jesse, awesome. Jesse kind of knew that I was going to like it. He, like, said, like, just watch it. You're going to think it's good because it's not a traditional musical. Yeah. You know? And, and the, so it's very cool because a lot of the music is based in, like, 90s hip-hop, mm -hmm. 90s, 2000s hip-hop. And so I, I'm sure that, like, for you who loves that kind of stuff, like. Yes, because Jesse knows me so well. That's why he knew I was going to like it was because yeah. of, like, the hip-hop and the edginess and the, like, black cast, Latino cast. Like, I totally love all that. But yeah, yeah and I awesome. loved it. And I, like, got attached to the characters. And I was, like, I was into it. Did you cry at all? He did. I did not cry. Jesse cried. When did you cry, babe, when he... I don't cry. When his son died? I don't, I don't have <laughs> any 
emotions. Did you cry when his son died? I'm a died? real man. You cried <laughs> when his son died, or yeah, I did. He cried like hard. Yeah, it was. I it's sad. But it's what really sad. Yeah, I was like bummed out that there was so much loss for him. You know, I was like first his best friend, yep. then his then his wife. Well, his fault, but you know, then his wife and then his son. But that part was, yeah, really rough when the son passed. I don't know. There was something about those characters that made it feel more like a movie. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe I just don't see enough musicals and they're all like that. They're not, but, they're not all like this. Um, they're not all like this. There are, there's some really good, good musicals and there's some really shitty musicals. But the musicals that resonate now well with new audiences, especially around your age and my age and our age, I guess, are, are musicals that are written more along the lines of uh, of like an episodic. You know, you you can you can see the episodes happen and, and how they build, uh, rather than like if you're talking about something like Carousel, which will have an overarching thing, an overarching theme, and then all the songs match up in this whole thing, and you you have a real progression up into a, a climax and then a classical denouement. Uh, it's totally different. This, you get stat, it's staccato in how it's framed and how it's presented to an audience, which is how our brains work. Well, it was a total story, yeah. It just flowed just like a movie. I mean, it was like one to the next to the next. That's how, and, like, and that's how you think of life. That's how you think of, of life. that, Jesse, what were you, there was a lot of moments where Jesse was like, I didn't expect the set to move that way or like I didn't know that was going to be the set. The set design, and the set design, I was like, lighting design, costume design, choreography. This is, it's got to be one of the most total packages I've seen in modern musical theater. Yeah. Uh, the way that it was constructed as far as the set goes because you have you know you have your two layers um, and it's not a three-quarters thrust, it's proscenium. But even in the proscenium... What does that mean? The proscenium is like... So you, you know how you look at the TV? Yeah. And like the show happens inside that? Yeah. The proscenium is would be the frame around the TV. Okay, so when you're looking at a stage... The audience... You're the sitting in the audience seat. The proscenium is the edge of the stage. Like the... There's like a fourth wall. That's a proscenium. If it was a thrust, that means that the stage would come out from in front of that wall and be out into the audience. And if it was round, that means that the audience encompasses the stage. But because this is a proscenium, um, you get the, the effect of, like, watching a movie. Yeah. But because everything comes out of the sides and moves, you get this incredible dynamic what was of this story being told in a basement. That's not really a basement. That is actually a total world, and people can use these stairs to climb out of the darkness that they're forced into. What was that? Up into the light. It's great. I always thought of it as a ship, because they it's, talk so much about him being... But I think it's yeah, supposed to be like the harbor. The and... It's the harbor. Mm -hmm. I think it was supposed to be Wait, like the harbor Wait, what did you think warehouse. was the ship, Mary-Kate? Because of the Well, the, I thought the whole thing was like sort of a ship, but I think harbor makes a lot yeah. of, a lot of sense too because it's so and nautical. and Yeah, and yeah. everything is there. So it's like the ship warehouse, but like the those staircases coming out from the sides, you're really able to get some really good dynamics and height variations and different different vantages. I think... One of the things that did bother me about it was because it, it, it's edited in such a way where you don't necessarily get the full audience view 
you have chosen camera views, oh. and those aren't necessarily with the actual eye, <laughs> so you don't see the full Wait. the full scope of what's actually yeah. You've, you're chosen there, to see these things. Did you watch yeah. it on Disney Plus, Mary Kay, or did you only see it live? I've seen it live twice, okay. and then we watched it on Disney Plus last night. Okay. And it, what was very interesting to me was that I thought the first act was shot on a wide. Mo like, almost all of it was wide. And then they made the choice for the second act to have all these camera movements and include close-ups and stuff like what you're talking about, which does change the, the like visual component, the audience's the point of, of view. Yeah. yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting because I, and I made a comment to Nick, I was like, why did they do that for one act and not the other? And like, I, I was, I didn't really like it to be honest. Cause there was a few, like one of the particular moments was at the end when, he has just died and they're talking about who lives who dies who tells your story right and they they like the whole cast moves in this half triangle thing to reveal eliza and it didn't have the same like reveal as it did on the stage because uh, of the camera angle yeah. So there were a few things, but I was kind of trying to figure like, okay, well, is it, did they choose to do the close-ups in this? Because I feel like the second half is so much more about interpersonal dynamics and how the relationships work. And so you're looking more at like the people themselves as opposed to the first half that's about the war and- That's a good um, point. You know, people on the whole the revolution right but the thing the thing about that at the same time which i think is is counterintuitive is because it's actually an ensemble show even though it's got the titular characters it's an ensemble show so when you do focus on that storytelling like you see in film like you see in tv what you lose is the power of that setup from that first act where you get to see these characters mm -hmm. actually build themselves and come in and exit at the same time and build the sets and move the structure and really yep. they're what they're doing is they're creating the world in which they're living yeah which is how people and how i think we're taught history you know those people are literally building their stories hamilton is building the country mm -hmm. Him, yeah. uh, people are that's what they're doing it's that tactile thing it's that visual thing that you gets you invested you know into those interpersonal relationships but and that's that's yeah. where that's where it lost me a little bit i mean it, it still kept me because the story's the story is obviously great but it's just like yeah. and he did his research really well and and with the book and everything i mean yes and no there are, are problems and not problems but as far as this specific storytelling moment goes, yeah. I think it was really good. It's it's complicated because Jesse, you make a good point that the show is well put together. It's I'm not with the other detractors and saying like the the songs don't slap. Like that's that's not what it was attempting to do. I think it was to inject something different, but also, you know to get newer people involved in the in Broadway and this was something new. I uh, like 
what brings me to like my my criticism is like who tells the story and it's like people who can afford to see a show like this you know they're glossing over the fact that these guys were like slave owners and rich wealthy people who didn't want to pay taxes like it it's something about the story that just like it it doesn't sit well with me especially considering how not accessible art is and broadway is for for lower and middle income people you know i think you have to also remember though that this was 2016 and pre-election 2016 world looked a little bit different um and also hamilton had so many and 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 now we have the we have the you know hindsight is 2020 but like no pun intended on the yeah, back of 2020. Yeah, I was going to say no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton had massive plans for education to be, like, built around it. And they yeah. had a lot of opportunities for schools to come and see the show at discounted rates. That was happening. It also just happens to be that when young people get in- excited about something, it turns out to, to become something that people want to pay a lot for that's that's the way that like trends and popularity happen and so this was geared to bring in younger people and educate people and present historical stories and musical theater to an audience who maybe wasn't as interested in it because they looked at it as something like carousel and it's not interesting like yourself Rebecca who is like I'm not a musical theater person right and yet you're presented with something like Hamilton and it brings you in. And then that means that it really got popular because it was interesting and people liked it. I don't know. Well, it's also, it's coming on the heels of what? In the Heights. In the Heights. In the Heights. Spicy hot take. I think In the Heights was a better musical. Uh, I will agree, actually. I think it is probably a better musical. However, as far as what it did to set up what Hamilton became was a huge step forward for Broadway, considering, historically speaking, Broadway is a closed-door, white, inaccessible monster of a beast. And that is not just for people of color and Latinos and everything like that. It's for literally people who don't have disposable income. Mm-hmm. Hamilton became a beast because of the fact that you needed disposable income to see it, but that only happened because of the interest generated by in young people and people of color to go to this thing, to see this yeah, thing that is saying. totally a representation yeah. of the way that we are taught history and interpret history. Yes, mm-hmm. it does gloss over the fact that these people are slave owners and everything like that, but that's what you're taught in school which has not been a problem until now, which is completely valid and completely earned, yes, that is a huge problem. But to get, to climb the small steps in order to take the big steps, I think is hugely important. And I think Hamilton and the Heights did that and changed what Broadway could be for young people and energize actors to get there. 
I think you're right about that, Jesse. I think In the Heights did a much better job at doing that because it didn't have to gloss over like how people live. I guess it, I, I know it was 2016 and where you know, a lot has happened since 2016. Yeah. But to me, I feel like. Uh, but even uh, still. Even still, in the book, they're still taking digs at the Trump administration because it is pre-election, and he is running, and they and they are talking about those race things. They are talking about them, just not in in a loud voice. Because at the same time that you want to energize and bring all these audience members in, you cannot alienate those audience members that actually drive your tickets, which is yep. a super thin and hard line, and it's a salty pill to swallow. But without 60, 70, 80-year-old people coming to the theater, you don't really have a theater, which is a sad reality. Yeah. Unless you're like Shia LaBeouf, who's doing that stuff here in L.A., who's doing like this crazy shit in the inner city, which is amazing, but nobody goes to the theater. What does he do? He's got like this theater company. I didn't even know that. Oh, it's crazy. He's doing like all these like... um, experimental theater things with these kids from the inner city who like don't have any experience with theater and he's teaching them acting and like it's this whole crazy theater company it's super cool it's fucking badass and i want to be a part of it but i also need to pay my bills and they don't pay Mm -hmm. uh which sucks isn't that always the problem yes (laughs) even when i was in new haven and teaching theater and stuff it's like it's so hard to make those ends meet you know how do you yeah. get paid? I, I understand the whole like, you know, bringing in capital. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, it sucks, so. and that's the thing that yeah. stops a whole bunch of stories from being told, and will change the story that you're telling, which sucks. But that, yeah, more. And that goes, yeah, and that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. That you know, art is becoming so inaccessible because even just, uh, even just for like small theater companies that just need. Perform like rehearsal spaces, mm-hmm. like their real estate is going quick, mm-hmm. and it's I mean I'm bad it's bad here, but I'm sure in Los Angeles it's also really bad. In Los that, Angeles, they have the 99 seat agreement, which was established in like the 60s, basically saying that if you have a, a house that's 99 seats or less, you can just charge at the door and pay your actors maybe a part of that, or don't pay them at all, because really what you're what you're doing is you're giving them a space to be seen by industry professionals who will then put them in TV and movies. But that's not what happens anymore. Nope. Speaking of like learning, you know, be the second act, Mary Kate, where you're talking about like diving into like the characters and the relationships and all that. I, I found like I do a lot in film where I have like turmoil with whether I love or dislike a character. And I felt like Hamilton was tough because you want to like him so much, but he had so many negative qualities too on top of it. Totally. Um, The pride and fear are the things that drive the man. You know, the the fear of God and the pride of, of accomplishment are the two things that he just can't rectify. Well, what is, what's the um, thing they sing about him all the time? He's never satisfied. Yeah. I think that's why Burr is such a perfect foil for him. And I, I love Aaron Burr. So you see uh, Hamilton with this like crazy ambition from the very beginning. And he's so 
loud, I think they call him a loud, obnoxious, loud mouth bother, bother or something like that. And like, then you have this Burr character who is so, so much more composed and he waits for it. That's his whole, like, whole thing. And he is not as like, um, divisive or like, yeah, I would say he's not as divisive as Hamilton. And my favorite, favorite, favorite moment is this tension that's like building between them throughout the entire show and then the room where it happens. Yeah. And where it's just like, it snaps, it snaps. And he's like, I want to be in the room. And it's like, you see him. And then all of a sudden his character has changed from that point on. And he's like, oh no, I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this thing. And Hamilton then becomes more measured at that yeah. point in all of his decisions. <laughs> yeah. And they they flip so nicely and like they there's just pull and push and like it all leads to that moment so perfectly. And like Leslie Odom Jr., who um fantastic. plays Aaron Burr, mm-hmm. he I think he's fantastic and he yeah. won the Tony over Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh, year. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and granted, he is a better, um, he, he has a better voice. He is certainly more of an actor, although Lin-Manuel Miranda is a genius. He's a yeah. genius writer, genius composer. But you can tell but, he's not, like, acting isn't his, like, mi- first skill. Like, he's right. a songwriter. He's a musician. Right. And, like, overacting. Yeah. I, think, I think Leslie Odom Jr. just did, like, so outstanding in that role though because it was such it was there were so many levels to what he was doing he was the narrator it's the second act uh, payoff is what is what that is second act payoff you put the blocks together in that first act so you get that second act payoff aaron burr was kind of a weird guy like i'm also a humongous history buff in real life you're saying huh you're saying in real life oh yeah real life uh there (laughs) Burr, um, Aaron Burr, he apparently is a center of a cons- was a center of a conspiracy to uh, secede f- uh, from the United States and form their own country of the southern southwestern states and bits of Mexico. Really? Uh, to, qu- to quote the Wikipedia article. Okay. Uh, the Burr conspiracy was a treasonous plot alleged to have been planned by Aaron Burr in the years during and after his term as vice president of the United States under Jefferson. According to the accusations against Burr, he attempted to use his international connections and support from a cabal of U.S. planters, politicians, and army officers to establish an independent country in the southwestern United States and parts of Mexico. It certainly didn't help his political career after he shot Alexander Hamilton and uh, <laughs> went apparently batshit crazy. Yeah. As I one does. His friend, and he killed him. And, like, I, it, it so encapsulates that feeling when he says, like, I'm, I'm the villain in your history books, because that's all we know about him. Like, I remember being in, like, U.S. history class in high school, finding out that Alexander Hamilton, who, like, at the time was not a big deal, because this right. was years ago uh was killed in a duel by aaron burr period that's that's the that's all aaron burr ever gets and he looks like a bad dude and this show brings to light that like 
no one person is good or bad. There's no hero. There's no villain. Everybody has different motivations and it, I, I love it. I love it. What was it like seeing it live? Okay, so my, this was kind of crazy. I didn't see it like right when it first came out, but I saw it probably the second set of like ticket releases. And I happened to be working, I was working on divorce and my entire office really loved the show. We were like listening to the music and stuff. And I was sitting in the office one day and I got an email that was like, tickets are on sale. And I happened to be at my desk. So I clicked on it right away. And my parents and I, um, I'm an only child, and so my parents and I celebrate Father's Day by going to see a musical most years, obviously. Oh, year. I love that. Yeah, it's ball. really nice. They come yeah. to the city, and we go see something. We've seen yeah. Mormon, we saw Groundhog Day, which was not great, but it was fun. So I was sitting in my office, and the tickets go on sale, and I very quickly, like, popped on to Ticketmaster and I I don't know if I called or I texted my mom but I was like mom these tickets are on sale they're $500 a piece like oh they're only $500 no I at the time it didn't feel like only $500 it felt like $500 was a lot yeah. to see anything yeah and I said $500 a piece like are you comfortable with that and she was like well if it's a really good show like I guess so and I was like, yes, it's a huge deal. People are really buzzing about it. I think we should get these tickets. So we get the tickets, $500 a piece, three of them, me, my mom, my dad, in the second row. Damn. Time that they were second row seats. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so then as this was in, like, December of, of that year, and this was in anticipation of June for Father's Day. So now, as we're getting closer and closer to June, the, the tickets that we have are for the weekend after the Tonys. And the hype coming up to the Tonys was that Hamilton was going to sweep. Mm. And, um, and it still, it did incredibly well. Um, it didn't totally sweep, but I, I said to my mom, so we never tell my dad what show he's going to see. Aw, that's cute. He didn't know. Yeah. My mom did. And so I said, I called my mom as we got like a couple weeks away. I called my mom and I was like, so I just want you to know that I think that these tickets are at least doubled in value right now. Like I'm looking on StubHub and I think that you, we could probably get like a thousand dollars a seat. Damn. Um, if you're interested in that. And she was like, well, I don't know. You know, I, if it's me, like I would kind of say to sell them, but it's dad's show. So like we should run it by dad and see whether he wants to see it or not. And I was like, we have to go. Like, it's a lot of money that we could make on this, but like, we've got to go. Right. And my mom was kind of like, I don't know. And so we sat my dad down and we were like, so normally we don't tell you what we're seeing, right. but being Hamilton. And he was like psyched. He was like, wow, cool. And I was like, he's a big history buff. He mm -hmm. loves like, he's a, a, he's a Mason, a Freemason or was a Freemason. So that's like another whole conversation we can have sometime, but like. Illuminati. <laughs> right. Yeah. He knows which way the, the sun rises. And that's sets. right. So I, this is like right up his alley. Cause all the like revolutionary guys were all also Freemasons. And so we sit my dad down and I was like, dad, 
these tickets are selling for at least a thousand dollars online. Do you want to sell the tickets? And he thought about it and he said, yes. And I said, here's the thing. I have to go. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to sell my ticket. Yeah. I really want to go see this show. Yeah. And so my parents very hastily agreed with me, which just goes to show what a spoiled brat I am because like who, who, who was like, but I want to go like Veruca Salt over here is like, I want to see the show daddy. Yeah. But um, you already bought the tickets anyway. It's not that spoiled brat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Hamilton <laughs> So I put the tickets on StubHub. My dad was like, well, put them on StubHub. See what you get for them. Okay. And they sold maybe less than a week before the show for $3,000 a piece. You are kidding me. $6,000 on these tickets. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 That's honestly, that's, that's, Gross. It's kind of disgusting because, like, that's so elitist and, and exclusionary. But at the same time, like, your girl got paid. Yes. So okay. We're over here like five hundred dollars is so much for tickets. Right. People were spending three thousand dollars. I think it was specifically because it was the week after the Tonys, and we had such amazing seats. But like, unfathomable amount of money. So. I then, with the $3,000 or $6,000 that we made, bought my, t- my parents' tickets to see Aladdin at the same time because they need to do something while cool. I'm seeing him. I love Aladdin. Uh, so my parents dropped me off at the theater or they walked me there or whatever and they go to see Aladdin. But meanwhile, now I'm in there seeing Hamilton and I have listened to the music. I'm like a big, big fan. And I'm sitting there and I walk into the second row all by myself and I'm like, you know, smiling at the stage. And these two old, like 70 something year old people come in and file next to me clearly in the seats. And I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, like I snowed these people. Like I have, these are the people whose money I have. And so I'm sitting there and- (laughs) So good. Like, yeah, it, it was very funny. And they're like, oh, are you excited? And I was like, oh, love the music. I'm really, really excited. Um, I apologize ahead of time. Like, I'm not going to sing out loud, but I probably am going to, like, be mouthing along the words. Like, I'm really excited to be here. And they were like, no, you should, like, enjoy yourself. They were very nice. They were very, very nice. They were like, you should enjoy yourself. Like, you deserve to be here. And I'm imagining that maybe they thought that I paid just as much. Right. They did or something. I don't know. And so I sat there and they start the show and I sang along not out loud but like sat in my seat moving and mouthing the whole song all the lyrics (laughs) from start to finish and then at one point during um the 10 dual commandments I can like literally picture it in my head and Lin-Manuel Miranda crosses the stage and he's standing like right in front of me like oh my god it it would have landed on my face and he looks down at me and I'm like 
nodding and doing the like kind of chair dancing and and like saying all the words and he like nods at me and at intermission I called my best friend and I was like he definitely saw me I know he did I know he saw me he recognized it he nodded at me I know he saw me and she's like yeah okay Mary Kate like right Miranda's really paying attention to you and I was like no he did I know it and so I come back to my seat at intermission and um the folks next to me were like you're really enjoying the show and I was like yeah yeah and I was like I have to tell you guys something and they said yeah and I said well because I asked them like where are you from they're from Philly they um they were talking about how like she is a, a big art a part of the arts endowment for this museum I forget which one it was they asked if I'd ever been to that museum I had said no and so like they clearly had money and I said I gotta tell you guys something and they said, okay. And I said, you bought the tickets that you're in from me. And the guy goes, you little entrepreneur. All right. I was like, as long as I'm not bothering you. Like, and I was like, yeah. And they were like, you, good for you. You made a pretty penny. Good for you. And I was like, thank you. Um, That's so Which goes to show like, they were not mad at all. Like they were thrilled to be there and like loved it, whatever and fully supported my chair dancing. So it was awesome. The rest of the show was great. I did the whole thing for the rest of the show and I go out and my parents had since again, since they had seen Aladdin, they got there earlier and they were like camped out at stage door or my mom was, my dad was kind of like, okay, whatever. I'm not not interested in around the stage door because at the time so popular that there were young girls and guys and whatever young people would go and just stand outside of the stage door even when they had not seen the show so wow the stage door always had these massive massive crowds they had all the barricades set up and my mom is like standing front and center by the door because she'd gotten there so early love her her. (laughs) so i go out and she like pulls me into the crowd and I'm standing like really close and I'm like up on this little like ledge doorway thing and the bouncer was like okay everybody like y'all need to take one big step backwards away from the gate and he was like I want you all to know like Linda's not come out anymore like he stopped doing that it's too big of a show like you know very unlikely that this is going to happen now meanwhile he totally could be putting this on like this could be like a crowd hype kind of a thing that this bouncer was doing but it seemed at the moment very real um he was like he doesn't come out but like other other people will come out so you have to step back and like whatever so out come one of the ensemble members Mm -hmm. at the time and sign you know signing playbills and stuff so I got my my playbill signed and we're standing there waiting 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 and the bouncer goes inside and he comes out and he says all right, everybody, Lynn has agreed to come out. (gasps) And he said, but again, everybody got to take a step back. So we all do. And he says, and you have to promise that you're not going to freak out and whatever. And everyone's like, okay, yeah. So out comes Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I, everybody, obviously everybody freaked out. He's the star. And so I'm like just to the right of the stage door and he 
pulls out his Sharpie and is signing a couple people. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey, I know you from the second row. Oh, and I my was God. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, my it God. So validating. That is so uh, validating. So cool. That reminds yeah. me, you know, that ska band, Less Than Jake? Yeah. I was obsessed with them when I was in high school and I went to see them. They did a live show in Providence and um, Roger, one of the band members, shut up, Nick. So I was like standing by the barricade, like, cause they were back there and he like came out and I had stuff for him to sign and he like took it all from me and he was like, Hey, I saw you out there. Like you looked really good. Like you were having the best time I saw you. And I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, but it just reminded me of that because, like, that feeling of, like, knowing that they noticed you and then remembered and then saw you later, I was, like, literally it made, like, my year. Just, like, the icing on top of, like, a fun That is, like, pretty, like, epic. That's 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 pretty pretty epic that that happened to you. Like, the whole story is actually pretty epic. Very cool. The, like, yeah. reselling of the tickets and then going to the show and then telling, telling them. them, which I'm like, why would she tell why them? Ballsy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I just, like, don't like to sit on information. <laughs> you just gotta, I don't know. gotta air out the laundry. You're like, you. and, and I was, like, I proud of it. Secret. You're like, I yeah, was, like, I gamed you, motherfuckers. Yeah. And they were like, got, great like, job. You gamed us. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's so, so awesome. Good. Oh my God. So you have like Lynn's signature? It's on my wall. Yeah. It's oh my God. On my wall. I got like a frame and I have the ticket and the playbill. Rebecca, you- would you like another beer? I'm anticipating your need. Yeah, I'm actually getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode two. We really hope you enjoyed it. And thanks to Jesse and Nick for putting up with us during that hour and a half, which we <laughs> managed to cut down to an hour somehow, some way. Yes, um, we are so happy that you guys were here and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode. We're going to have some really cool guests coming up. Promise it's not going to always be our boyfriends. We have some <laughs> other really interesting folks uh, to come. Yes, absolutely. Um, And as we've said in the last episode, if you have any feedback or anything you want us to elaborate on or talk about, please email us at wearenotinvitedpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram. We are at notinvitedpodcast. Give us a follow there. And please Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple. We are so excited you guys are here and listening. We're really happy to have you. See you next week. But seriously, guys. Seriously, guys? But seriously, guys. How How are are we we not not invited? invited?